All right, let's start this up. Hello, and welcome to We Live on a Planet. I am your host, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 545. I'm titling this one Perception. It's Sunday, May 8th, 2022, Sunday evening, instead of Sunday morning when I'm recording this episode. So if you are wondering, how come it's Sunday and I don't have an episode, here it is. Maybe it's not Sunday for you, but it is Sunday for me. And it is currently 56 degrees Fahrenheit in the beautiful city of Oswego, New York, with the temperature feels like 56. The lows tonight are going to be about 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds are out of the southeast, 4 miles per hour. It's going to be a little chilly tonight, but in the next couple days are going to be really warm even though I'm not going to be here in central New York. I'm going to be over on the West Coast. We'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back. Stick around. And we are back. All right, before we talk about what's going on, I like to start off with a quote. As you know, if you listen to the show, if it's your first time to We Live on a Planet, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad you found me. Like I said, I'm titling this one as Perception. How other people see me and what they feel about me is their business, not mine. Unknown. I need to remind myself of that constantly. How other people see me and what they feel about me is their business, not mine. I'm a people pleaser. I have said before, I'm the type of guy that I could be in a room of 100 people, and if 99 of them like me but one doesn't for some reason, I put my energy into that one person who doesn't like me to try to make them like me. That's just an analogy. I've never been in a room with 100 people and 99 like me and one doesn't that I know of. (laughs) But it's hard for me when I think somebody doesn't like me or how people see me or what they think about me or how they feel about me, is consuming sometimes. And I think that adds to my anxiety. I was talking to my therapist the other day, and I was really surprised because ever since I was really young, well, not real young, but as long as I can really remember, if I'm in a room full of people and it's quiet and there's no conversation, I feel that it is my need to all of a sudden start talking to fill that quietness. And I don't know why I do it. And it could be small talk. It could just be nonsense. And my therapist said that, uh, yeah, that makes sense. It's because I have severe anxiety. And I didn't realize that. And uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, knew she's when I told her about it she's like yeah dad I I assumed you knew that was the reason why you do that and I was like no it was just like being the drunk in my family I thought that was the role I had to fill for some reason but uh speaking of my daughter it's strange to be home after a week at my oldest daughter's house and her boyfriend's place out in Wolcott New York which is about a 35 40 minute drive from Oswego county and it's country living it's in wayne county so it's a different county but she is a mile from lake ontario so it's still the same lake that i'm used to 
Lake Ontario is vast, very large, one of the Great Lakes. She lives on a dead-end road. And like I said, it ends right at Lake Ontario. But we were there for a week because she unfortunately had to have foot surgery. And she has a Franken foot. Now it looks brutal. She is one tough cookie because she has two stitches or two, two suture marks from where the doctor had to like shave down her toe, one of the bones, and reattach like the toe after he disattached it and reattached it disattached I don't know if that's the word and uh did all this work to it and it just looks horrible and painful even though it's healing properly it's healing good and so the sutures and the incision mark looks fine but it looks painful and she's just like being fine about it and uh yeah so it was nice it's weird though from country living for a week back to city living we came back friday evening and it's sunday and i've been living in the city of oswego now for years and years and years and years but i grew up in the country so i'm a country boy at heart i'm used to living in the country i'm used to the sounds of the country and being back in the country for a week really brought me back. The first couple days was really strange. I was missing the city and the comforts and the, when I say comforts, I should, I mean the conveniences of the city. Everything's really close. Whereas when you're in the country where she is, town is at least a 10 minute drive into town, which doesn't seem far. 10 minutes is like, oh, that's nothing. But when you're accustomed to living in the city and I can walk to a gas station and get a soda or a pack of cigarettes or anything like that that I want. Not that I'd be getting a soda. I don't know why I said soda. A Powerade or a Gatorade. I drink those. I rarely drink soda. I talked about that in my last episode. Last episode, I talked about a lot of stuff. And I'm going to talk about a lot more when we come back. Stick around. And welcome back. Like I said, I will be... The weather is going to be really nice here in central New York next week. And I will not be here because Tuesday morning, early a.m., I leave for Oregon. I'm heading over to the West Coast to stay with a buddy of mine. And I'm really looking forward to staying with Corey and his family. They're a good family. And uh, I'll be back Wednesday morning. I take a red-eye flight home. I don't know if I've ever taken a red-eye flight. But I'm really excited, but I also have a lot of nerves and anxieties that are going on about the trip just because I overthink things. And I'm thinking about changing flights. I have quite a few uh, flights, but my layovers are long. My layover in Newark is one hour and one minute. My layover in Los Angeles is one hour and 27 minutes. Uh, So that's really nice to know I'll have a nice long layover. When I'm in Seattle on my way home, I have a two-hour and 20-minute layover, so that will be a long layover. And then in Newark, I have a two-hour layover. I know, that's boring. Uh, Like I said, it's 55 degrees right now. Tomorrow's supposed to be here in 
the city of Oswego, 60 degrees, and then 61, 66, 65, 68, 70, 71, 70, 65, and 62. The city I'm going to be in, Bend, Oregon, it's beautiful there. I've already been there once. We're looking at today, it was 43, 48, then Tuesday, 54 when I get there, Wednesday, 59, Thursday, 55, Friday, 60, Saturday, 69, Sunday, 75, Monday, 72, and then Tuesday back to 68. So it will be warmer here in upstate New York than it is over on the West Coast. Yeah, but there's still snow in the mountains. He's in Ben. There's snow there. Is uh, if you've ever been that region, it can still be cold, and it is. Speaking of cold, it's still a little cold for scuba season, but scuba season will be starting not long after I come home. Wetsuit or not, the water is still just really cold. It's only probably forty. 45 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe. I'm guessing. That was a guess. But I can't wait to blow some bubbles. That's a scuba diving term. Once you're down there, blowing bubbles. And I should get my fishing license because my brother-in-law has his new boat. And I could go out there. He goes out every weekend now, Saturday or Sunday. But I don't really enjoy eating any of the fish that I would catch out of Lake Ontario, and my father always taught me not to kill something unless I planned on eating it. That's how country I was, how country I grew up. So I learned gun safety, gun respect, all that at a very young age of hunting frogs for frog legs at a young age. And um, if I remember one time I shot a bird I think a Robin with a BB gun when I was real little and my dad hit the roof. He was not happy with me. He's like, do you plan on eating that? And I was like, well, no, I didn't know he was looking. I didn't know anybody was looking when I did it. And he was real tempted to almost make me feel dress that Robin and eat it. Not raw. I would have had to cook it, but just to teach me a lesson of don't ever shoot anything unless you plan on eating it. And always, like, uh, assume a gun is loaded. It doesn't matter if you take out the last round in the chamber, clear the chamber, take the magazine out if you're using a gun with a magazine or a clip, however you want to call it. Just assume it's always loaded and keep your finger off the trigger. So I learned at a young age to respect firearms speaking of firearms we'll talk about those a little bit more and other things stuff and things when we come back i got a couple phone calls from you guys too and i love getting phone calls i love hearing from you so we'll play those too stick around we'll be right back we're sprinkling it all over and we're back I don't know if I will get a notification while I am recording this right now because my future son-in-law, I was just, must be he, his ears were ringing. He just messaged me because he got a new tractor and I was asking him if he got to move some dirt today with his new tractor. He was so excited. He was like a kid at Christmas. It was awesome. 
But like I was saying before the break uh, about gun safety and how I learned it at a very young age and to respect guns, and I'm really looking forward to that's something that Corey and I are going to do besides going and exploring the redwood trees, checking out Portland, and then other parts of Oregon. We're going to go shoot his gun, which will be a lot of fun, and shooting's fun as long as you're doing it safe and you know your surroundings, so... That'll be a lot of fun. So last episode, I can't even remember what I titled it, but I said to not flip a table. And that was in reference to my buddy Radio Mylar, who is from a podcast called Canadian Politics is Boring. You've heard me talk about it before, and it's far from boring. And uh, my friend, Lisa, you've heard from Lisa before, she called in. And she remembered flipping tables in high school. Her and I went to high school together. We went to elementary school together. And then we ended up graduating high school together. There was only 33 of us in my graduating class. Small. But uh, here's what Lisa's memories were. Line one. Okay, Patrick. I've just listened to your most recent episode. This is Lisa over at um, Keeping It Real with Lisa. And he said, um, don't flip a table. The first thing I thought of was senior lounge. Oh my gosh. Such a flashback. Do you remember that? When the day we lost senior lounge, when Sister DePaul came in and busted us up because we were too loud. And I remember I was sitting on the other side of the door on the table you know, there was banging on the door to let us in, and I thought it was hair sign. And it ended up being Sister DePaul, and she, like, pushed the door in or whatever, and I went flying off the table, and all we could do was laugh, and she just, like, kicked us all out and closed the senior lounge. woo Go cat! Hi, kids. <laughs> Thanks for the memory. You're welcome, my friend, and thank you for that memory. I forgot about that, and um, we had a senior lounge my senior year in high school. We were spoiled. And yeah, that was the day it ended when we were too rowdy. It's funny. She's like, go cat high kids. Uh, We never really called it cat high that much. We called it Bishop Cunningham, but everybody around us, all the Oswego kids called us cat high kids. Anytime there would be a party and we'd go. And back when I was partying in the eighties, there was kegs, kegs at parties. And uh, they'd be like, oh, hide the beer. Here comes the cat high kids. Because most of the guys and girls I went to school with, being devout Catholics, they felt like they could really screw up all week and weekend as long as Sunday they went to church, everything was going to be okay. So the Catholic group I can remember were pretty rowdy, and enough rowdy enough to where we got our senior lounge closed on us by Sister DePaul, who was the principal of the school my senior year. All right, on to the next phone call. Line, thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for calling in. Line two. Hey, Patrick. I'm uh, out here in my garden, and I was just thinking about uh, what you had said in your podcast earlier and uh, really wanted to remind you before. I hope you get this before you go to the Redwoods, but if you're out there, take a moment when you're amongst all of those enormous trees and look up and just watch how they disappear into the sky and they move like grass. 
you can just see them swaying. But they're enormous. It's just fascinating. I'm out here in my garden and I'm looking and I'm cutting these little weeds that have grown into trees. And as I get closer, I see smaller ones. And they're, it's just your perspective. So uh, have a good trip, man. Thanks for your show. Oh, Michael T. Thank you, Michael T. Justice. And I will just, I will do just that. When I get to look at the redwoods, I will stop and look up at those redwoods. And it's groovy that you're in your garden, getting your hands dirty in the earth, growing your own food to eat. And uh, that's groovy. My daughter has a garden, unfortunately, my oldest daughter, unfortunately, with her being laid up with her foot, I don't think she's good. I don't think she's going to start it this year. But it is all about perspective and um, how you look at things. And I think of an ant and those blades of grass. Like you said, those blades of grass are redwood trees to an ant. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Thank you for the phone calls. You can always reach me. If you're using the Anchor app, just like they did, use the Anchor app. you got a minute to record, or you can head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, my friends. Did you go anywhere, or are you just sitting there patiently? To me, I take little breaks, wet my whistle, get my thoughts ready for the next little segment this one we're going to get a wrinkle on our brain i'm over at this day of history on the history channel's website and it is may 8th speaking of may 8th happy mother's day to the mothers out there and happy mother's day mom to you i love you so much thank you for doing the hard work of giving me birth okay on today's day may 8th 1945 both great britain and the united states celebrate victory in europe day V-E Day is celebrated in America and Britain. That's today. Still celebrated. All right, I'm just scrolling on. And uh, Civil War, 1864, American Civil War. General Lee's army beats Grant's Union troops at Spotsylvania. Spotsylvania. Couldn't spit that out. Surprising, right? Art literature and film history, 2010, Betty White, oh, Betty White, God bless her, Betty White becomes the oldest Saturday Night Live host, sadly we just lost her, exploration, 1541, Spanish conquistador, Hernandez Soto reaches the Mississippi, that was in 1541, it's funny how those guys were all here and thought they found America first, but the Vikings, it was the Vikings, they were here first. All right. What else do I have? I'm just scrolling through to see what else happens. Vietnam War, 1970, the year I was born. Nixon defends invasion of Cambodia. Richard Nixon, I am not a crook. U.S. presidents, the United States presidents, 1884. Harry S. Truman is born, the son of a farmer. He was born in Lamar, Missouri. Westward expansion, 1846. Future president Zachary Taylor fights the Battle 
of Palo Alto. Art literature and film history, the theme song from Welcome Back Carter is the number one song in America. 1975, John Sebastian, former member of the beloved 60s pop group The Love and Spoonful, was asked to write and record the theme song for a brand new ABC television show with the working title, Kata. Well, didn't take him long to welcome back to the place we used to laugh about. Welcome back. Art, literature, and film history, 1963. Sean Connery. Shock it, Sean Connery stars in his first Bond spell. Bond movie. Dr. No. You know, in he played Indiana Jones's father, played Harrison Ford's father, well, Indiana Jones, and Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. Sean Connery is only 12 years older than Harrison Ford. I thought that was interesting. Okay. That was just a little side fun fact, something for some reason that I remember, and I don't know why. Um... Crime. I remember this. 1988, the year before I graduated, a woman is convicted of killing two in Excedrin tampering. We had a Tylenol thing where people would put poison in Tylenol, but this was Excedrin, another pain reliever. Cold War. Here in America, 1984, Soviets announced boycott of the 1984 Olympics. And then in the early United States, 1792, the Militia Act establishes conscripts, conscriptions under federal law. All right. That sounds good. And it sounds like we got a little wrinkle on our brain. When we come back, we will get another one to add with that gray matter of ours. The ground will be right back. We are back and we are over at the facts site now to get another exercise for our brain. And at the facts site, I decided to type in Oregon, 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 Oregon. When I get there, I have to ask my buddy how he says it because when you live there, Oregonians. <laughs> They say it a certain way, and I can't remember if it's Oregon or Oregon. And uh, I don't know if it really matters. It's like caramel or caramel. My daughter, my oldest daughter, says there's a difference. She says caramel is the color. Caramel is the candy. I don't know. Vase and vase. (laughs) Okay, I typed in uh, Oregon. On the fact site, and this is what came up, Mills End, the Mills End Park, the smallest park in the world. On St. Patrick's Day, 1948, the world's smallest park was officially dedicated to the town of Portland, Oregon. And I will be in Portland, Oregon to search. I'm on a quest to find voodoo donuts so I can get a donut at the famous voodoo donuts while I'm there. It's located right in downtown Portland, Oregon, and the median strip of Parkway is Mills End Park. This park, according to the Guinness Book of World Record as of 1971, 
is the smallest park in the world measuring only 452 square inches. That's only two foot across. And coincidentally, Portland is also home to a 6,000 acre urban forest, the largest in the country. The space where Mill Ends Park sits was to become the site of a light pole. Well, who built the world's smallest park? The park was created when the light pole failed to appear, and a local Irish columnist, Dick Fagan, sat staring at the vacant space from his second-story office window. Deciding to take action, Fagan planted flowers in the vacant space, naming it Mill's End. After his column in the Oregon Journal, some contextual info, info Mill's Ends, are the odd, unusual place pieces of wood left over at a mill. So that's why he called it Mill's End. On St. Patrick's Day in 1948, the park was officially dedicated to the town of Portland. Known for his sense of imaginative humor, Fagan often wrote on going-ons at the park in his column, and many of his trials and tribulations of a leper colony that inhabited the park. He often published work about his meetings with his friend and head leprechaun Patrick O'Toole. In Fanagan's writings of his meetings with O'Toole, the leprechaun leader claimed that Mills End Park was the only leprechaun colony west of Ireland. In 1969, Fagan sadly died due to cancer, but since then the park has still been cared for by many Portland's town folk and continues to thrive. What's in the park? Before and after Fagan's death, many different things have been placed in the park. Those included small swimming pools for butterflies, complete with a diving board, and a fragment of the Oregon Journal building where Fagan worked. It even had a horseshoe and a little leprechaun leaning happily against his pot of gold in 2001. In 2006, the park was temporarily relocated due to road work on the parkway, but it was moved back to the original location with a festival celebrating celebration that featured Royal Rosarians, bagpipers, and Fanagan's own family, including his widow, Catherine. To this day, the legend of the leprechauns still live on with the Fanagan family. One of Dick's sons, Pat Fanagan, is known to have enjoyed sharing the experience of the park with his own son, and is quoted as saying, it's still the largest leper colony west of Ireland. Isn't that cool? I'm going to have to check out Mills and Park. It's the world's smallest park in the world. And while I'm in Bend, Bend has the last blockbuster in the world. Damn. Yeah. So there's a lot of lasties that I can see. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. And I think that almost wraps up We Live on a Planet's episode 545, Perception. How other people see me and what they feel about me is neither, or about me is their business, not mine. And I have to remember that. And then before we just leave, I wanted to do uh, one more wrinkle on our brain. Did you know mushrooms are more closely related to humans than they are to plants. And I think that is amazing. Mushrooms are more closely related to humans than they are to plants. How about that? That's one little fun fact. 
And I might not put out a podcast while I'm over on the West Coast. My buddy Radio Mylar encouraged me to possibly put one out to maybe do it like a road travel podcast out on the road and use the Anchor app. And um, I may, I may not. So if you don't hear from me, I will be away from the 10th to the 17th. And then I come back to New York. So if you don't hear from me, don't fret, don't worry. Catch up on some of my old episodes. Go check out Canadian Politics is Boring. Um, Give me a buzz. Let me know what you're up to or anything like that, just like Michael and Lisa did. And I think that's about it. As always, do your best to stay curious and not judgmental. And thank you for giving me the most valuable gift that anybody could give me. And that's your time because that's all we have left on this world. Or that's all we have actually is time. And it's valuable. You never know when it's going to end. So thank you for giving me your time today. Tell a friend about We Live on a Planet. I would appreciate that too. Reach out to me at WLOAP.com. And I will talk to you again real soon. And I have to end it off properly. There we go. Peace, my friends.